podcast. I want to go into something very important and give you an advisory, those of you parents especially, something you really need to be aware of. I think one of the things that is so disturbing so many of us adults is to watch the sexualization of children, see this happen so much earlier and earlier and earlier and earlier in life. I I don't know how many times I've had this conversation in the past few weeks. I've got a couple of friends who are teachers that tell me just crazy stories. I mean, just last night I was talking to a friend who was telling me about some of the sexual touching taking place among middle schoolers and teenagers. And this is thought to be acceptable. There is something worse than that, and I'm drawing attention to this, WYFF reporting on this. The FBI is warning of sextortion schemes in South Carolina. Sextortion. And this is important for your teenagers especially. They're warning parents and caregivers about a rise in nationwide incidents involving the sextortion of children over the Internet. Children! The FBI getting reports, increased reports of adults on social media and online gaming systems posing as adolescents. Coercing children produce sexual images and videos and then extort money from them. This is crazy, isn't it? I mean, this is typically an adult kind of problem, right? Now, they're targeting children. The most targeted group, according to the FBI, males from 14 to 17 years old, they're evolving. Kevin Wheeler, the... FBI Columbia spokesperson saying the fact they're going after young teenage boys shows they're trying to attract boys exploring their sexuality at that age. After they've sent them the material, the predator informs them they will post the content online if the victim does not send money. The FBI believes cases may be underreported because children are afraid of the repercussions threatened by the criminal and or fear the response from their parents, guardians, or law enforcement. The victims of these crimes may be afraid to come forward. So what they're encouraging you to do, what I'm encouraging you to do, have open discussions with your children about their activities online. Do not send pictures of yourself to other people. Don't do it. And dare I say it, it's probably appropriate to do the same thing to give this advice to adults if you or a family member has been a victim of the crime reporting may lead to holding a criminal accountable and prevent further victims the FBI offering this counsel to better protect you and your children online Be selective about what you share online. If your social media accounts are open to everyone, a predator may be able to figure out a lot of information about you and your children. This is one of the things for me 
I am very careful about this regarding my children as a quote public person. I've been very careful about posting family stuff for that very reason, giving names. Um, but I think this applies to everybody. Be wary of anyone you encounter for the first time online, block or ignore messages from strangers. Be aware that people can pretend to be anything or anyone online. Videos and photos are not proof that a person is who they claim to be. I know in times that I've engaged people online for whatever reason, one of the things I do is have a live conversation. Do that. Hey, let's have let's have let's talk by uh, video chat. You can actually see the person, talk to the person. The other person's a real person. Be suspicious if you meet someone on a game or app and they ask you to communicate with them on a different platform. This is again another way they get you. They want you to give information like your phone number, which they can then use to get all kinds of information. Encourage your children to report suspicious behavior to a trusted adult. They're preying on the vulnerability, the naivete of young adults who are more confident than they should be. The FBI spokesperson saying the only way we're going to get a hold of this thing and stop people in their tracks, hopefully prevent other victims, for people to come forward so we can track down these bad actors. Closely monitor your kids. Stay on top of your kids. Go through everything. Phone, social media. Delete social media because people will do anything to harm you. And if you or someone you know is a victim of sextortion, need to contact the FBI, that is a first step. Don't delete anything before law enforcement is able to review it. Tell law enforcement everything about the online encounters. It may be embarrassing, but it's necessary in finding the offender. Again, I remind you, this we're talking about children, young adults, and the target group that the FBI is warning about, very vulnerable. Males, 14 to 17 years old. If you've had the conversation before, have it again. If you haven't, talk to them. Tell them, do not send pictures of yourself to somebody else online. Don't do it. And help them to understand the repercussions, the liabilities. Help them to understand the potential for extortion. Isn't it amazing that young people are having to learn these lessons at this stage of life? But this is exactly what's happening. This is the world we live in, folks. There's no sugarcoating this at all. Still to come on the broadcast, we're going to talk about people demanding to get off of a plane. Why? What was the reason behind this? And Cam Newton drawing some controversy by some comments he made. Oh, my goodness. I have three words for Cam Newton. Bless his heart. <laughs> You're going to hear what he said in a tweet that he was <laughs> that he has posted online. 
it is getting a whole, whole lot of reaction. And not the kind of reaction, I think, that he perhaps expected to receive. That much more as we continue our Thursday broadcast. Stay with us. on the broadcast this is a time where a lot of people are taking trips spring break and now we've got before us the holiday weekend i wasn't even thinking about this actually i had a friend send a message to me this morning i was like what is he talking about it was a person i normally communicate with i said you know hey good morning said, I'm good. I'm glad it's Friday. I'm like, Friday? It dawned on me. Good Friday approaching. So for that person, this is their Friday. For many of you listening to me now, this is your Friday. It's not fair. I'm not off Friday. <laughs> many of you will be traveling and there's a chance if you do a lot of traveling, you will experience something that is called toga. Toga. What is that exactly? Well, it's take off, go around. It's one of the maneuvers if you're learning how to fly. It's one of the important maneuvers that you have to learn. In fact, I have a friend, a neighbor, in fact. I remember a few years ago, he loved he loved to fly. He had a plane. Doesn't have the plane anymore. But he volunteered to take me to a place because he wanted to continue getting more hours in. He was like, hey, I'll be glad to take you up to where you want to go. I was doing a little private retreat. So he flew me up there and... As we were landing, it was very windy. And so as we were coming down, it was kind of an unstable situation. And so he did a go-off. That's a go-around. That's what TOGA stands for, take off, go around. So what ends up happening is you, as you're approaching and you realize this is not a safe landing situation, you give it full power, and you go right back up. It's kind of interesting. I've experienced this twice, and both times of all the places I've flown, well, most of the times, uh, I don't. I'd be. It would be interesting if there were a way to figure out how many times I've been to Lexington to visit family. But in the approach to Bluegrass Airport, two times, I have experienced a go around. Yeah, it's also known as a missed approach. So what happens, and I'm most aware of the second time it happened because I was having a conversation. I was in an aisle seat, and I was talking with the guy directly. I don't know if he was on the right or the left. We're engaged in conversation, and we're, you know, recognizing that we're in the landing approach to Bluegrass Airport, which is one of the most beautiful landings, by the way, 
all the horse farms and everything. So we're feeling the plane going down like it's supposed to and seeing all the usual sights. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of our conversation, the plane goes right back up. <laughs> and then we were like, I guess we're not going to land right now. So we did a go around, you know, got to see downtown Lexington again and came back and landed. The first situation, I think there was a plane that was still on the runway. The second time it happened, I don't know what the circumstance was. The captain just said that conditions were unsafe for a landing. Now, typically, and one of the things I've heard is that if you have two landing attempts at the same location, that you probably should not do a third. You should go to an alternate location. Imagine, I want you to imagine this. If it's happened <laughs> several times, that's apparently what happened on a JetBlue flight to the point where JetBlue passengers begged to exit the plane after failed landings. I want you to listen to this passenger who's appealing to the flight attendant, you know, basically saying, hey, I want to get off this plane. Listen up. Panicking. People are sick back there. We got to get off this plane. I don't want to be on this plane. It's yeah, dangerous. We tried to land four times already. It's dangerous. We're scared to fly. We want to get off. Take me to jail. Please. take. I don't want to go to jail, but it's not right. For six hours, it's a three-hour flight. It's not your fault. It's not their fault. We just want to get off. I don't care about JFK. It's our lives. I don't want to go up. It's our lives. I'm sorry. Obviously, it was dramatic. People are sick back there. People are fainting. People are throwing up. A little respect for human beings. How long can we sit on this crap? I held myself in long enough. It's not right. Everybody wants to get the hell off. Everybody wants to get off. I want to get off. Wow. Can you imagine this drama unfolding on an, on an airplane? The flight was ultimately diverted to Newark Liberty International Airport after multiple attempts to land at JFK. This is a video that's trending online. JetBlue passengers pleading to be let off the aircraft. Multiple attempts to land at JFK, not successful due to severe weather. This plane was scheduled to make a landing at JFK from Cancun. The airline confirmed to people diverted after four aborted landings. Four of them, ladies and gentlemen. And, and, and <laughs> this is, I can't imagine what that would be like four times. I think I would start to get a little concerned, too. Ah, it ultimately touched down successfully at Newark. Rather than let passengers off, the plane waited out the storm before taking off to go back to JFK. But while there, one passenger was filmed getting up from a seat, pleading with airplane staff to allow passengers off the plane. You heard this impassioned plea. A spokesperson for JetBlue told People the airline eventually did return to JFK as planned, landed safely, no injuries reported. A statement from them, the safety of our customers and crew, 
Our first priority, our pilots are well-trained to manage severe weather. This flight diverted to Newark due to severe weather over JFK. The aircraft stayed on the ground for 60 minutes. Once it was safe to do so, departed again for JFK, where it landed. Customers on this international flight could properly clear customs and immigration. No injuries reported. We apologize for the inconvenience this weather-related diversion created. According to New York Post, passengers were given, you ready for this, a $50 flight credit as compensation for the troubling experience. I have a feeling somebody's going to call a lawyer. I mean, it's a, I mean, probably a pretty flimsy case. Somebody probably will. But $50? <laughs> oh, my goodness. The... Um, <laughs> Wow, what an experience, huh? What would you have done in this situation? Would you have wanted to just get off there in Newark, Liberty Airport, and say, you know, uh, let's call it a day? Or would you have waited that hour peacefully? Love to get your thoughts. Coming up, you'll hear from Cam Newton, the words that have uh, gotten him into trouble on social media. Stay with us. Over on the text line, Vince, I took my first airplane ride when I was 14. My mother and I went to New York on the way back home. The landing gear would not come out. We had to circle Detroit Airport five times. When we finally did land, they had ambulances on the ground, vehicles that spread foam on the runway. Very, very scary. Boy, that would be scary for a first airplane ride. Good morning, Vince. I had a similar experience with being... On an airplane with several attempts on landing because of fog, though it was somewhat scary. I was glad the pilot was using good discretion on landing the plane from his training experience. Absolutely. That's the thing that's wonderful about this. You're dealing with very skilled pilots. They know what they're doing. And they're going to get you there safely. That's the wonderful thing about this is this is not a in one sense it's not an aberration a go-around is really kind of a standard procedure believe it or not it's not an emergency at all so the key thing is we you know and I marvel at this you ever seen the uh, pictures the images of all of the air traffic that is circulating around the country at any given time, it, it's really extraordinary. And to think of the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of flights that are going on every single day without incident, it's extraordinary. Really good stuff. Let's talk about Cam. Back in the news again. <laughs> so here's the story. For the second time in his NFL career, We've got Cam Newton scrutinized on social media for making what people are calling a sexist comment regarding women. All right. This is on the Million Dollars Worth of Game podcast that was released on Monday. So 
this tweet was posted on the news outlet Mediaite. So are you ready to hear this? I want to get your thoughts, especially women, what you think about what Cam has to say. Here is Cam. A woman for me is handling your own, but knowing how to cater to a man's needs, mm-hmm. right? And I think a lot of times when you get that aesthetic of like, I'm a boss, like I'm a this, I'm a dad. No, baby, like, but you can't cook. Okay. You don't know, you don't know when to be quiet. You mm-hmm. don't know how to allow a man to lead. <laughs> when I first... <laughs> I first heard this, I just cracked up. I really did. I thought, oh, my goodness. He has really stepped in it. Really stepped in it. So handling your own, but knowing how to cater to a man's needs. You know. You might be thinking, hey, I'm a boss B. I'm this, I'm that. But guess what? You can't cook. You don't know when to be quiet or how to allow a man to lead. Oh, my goodness. I could just I could just feel the feminist uproar from these comments. I really want to know what you think about this. From my perspective, you know, here's a guy expressing what he wants. I I don't think there has to be this big pylon that takes place here. I think there just needs to be a recognition of women around him to, uh, to recognize, you know, this is who he is. This is what he's looking for. And if you're not interested in being that, then case closed. It's really that simple. (laughs) On the text line, this person saying, hey, Vince, Cam said a lot of dumb things, so many idiotic things over the years. Finally, at long last, I agree with him. Kidding. Ish. (laughs) All right. Some of you don't want to admit you agree with what he had to say, which is another thing that's kind of interesting here. Because I think there are a lot of guys, very traditional guys, who have this view. And you're not going to express this in such a crass way. I mean, let me translate, okay? Can I just translate what he's saying and say it in plain English? Even gruffer than he's communicated it here. Okay, uh, it's great. Uh, I'm looking for a woman. You take care of yourself. But you know what? You got to meet my needs. Okay? You think you're a boss, this and that. But you know what? You got to cook my food and know when to shut up and just follow my lead. Do what I tell you to do. (laughs) That's really, I think that's what's coming across here. Oh my goodness. I'm kind of curious. Let's go out to Pat. What do you think, Pat? Hey, Vince. Um, yeah. I, I don't think it's really a big deal. I think there's plenty of men who have that mentality. Um, they they won't share my life, but that's okay. It takes all kinds. You know, as long as he puts it out there and you know what you're getting if you're with him, then you really can't say much about it. 
fair enough. I'm not going for a man like that. But I don't, I understand a lot of that is founded in, I think, biblical scripture where the man leads, that kind of thing. Yeah. I I find that beautiful if you both feel that way. Right. Um, But the cancel culture that comes from people like Cam making stupid comments, I don't agree with at all. If you don't like it, it's not for you. But. Yep, I, I hear you. You've uh, expressed what a lot of people probably feel out there. Tim, got about 15, 20 seconds here. This, I have to tell you, <laughs> I never liked Cam until now. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. That should, be, that should be in marriage vows. No. But I will say this. If you tell my mother that, <laughs> she has a carry conceal, and you better be able to run like hell. <laughs> Amen, brother. Tim, thanks a lot for your call. Oh, my goodness. I knew we were opening up Pandora's box with this one. (laughs) Ah, And we've got some interesting responses to this, which we will share. I promise. (laughs) Stay with us. Final stretch of the Vince Coakley Radio Program on this Thursday. Time for us to take a look at the day in history. And we have a total of five questions. Bernie, are you ready? Oh, Vince, I'm ready. Okay, man. I'll try to provide some good clues for you here. The first question goes to the year 1828. His name is Noah Webster. Remember that name? He published this very important book. Complete with 70,000 words, including 10,000 Americanisms. What is this book? What is the Webster's Dictionary? Well, there you go. We'll give that one to you. This one was actually called, I'm going to give this one to you, the American Dictionary of the English Language. Ah. But yes, it's certainly Noah Webster's, uh, his joint, as we would call it today. So uh, that is the first one. (laughs) 1865. This president assassinated by John Wilkes Booth in Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C. He was shot at night, and this president would die the next morning. Which president was it? 1865. 1865. John Wilkes Booth. That was uh, Abraham Lincoln, was it not? Abraham Lincoln is correct. 1912, a movie done on this particular disaster. It was on this day. Wow. We're at the 110-year mark on this where this particular ship hit an iceberg just before midnight and it sank less than three hours later. What was this? Uh, The Titanic. The Titanic is correct. Major League Baseball played for the first time north of the border in this particular city. 1969 was the year in which we started with baseball north of the border. Would that be Montreal? Montreal is correct. Nice. You are now four for four. Let's go. Can we do a clean sweep here with this last question? You might call this a plague of biblical proportions because this plague destroyed 190,000 acres of land in Australia, a land down under. What was it that destroyed all of this land? The name of the plague is what you're looking for? No. What was it that 
destroyed oh. the uh, mm. what was it that destroyed the land? I gave you a big hint: a plague of biblical proportion. Depends on how familiar are you with the plagues in the the Old Testament story related to um, Egypt. Not too familiar. I wish I knew more. Okay. Um, would it be locusts, maybe? Of course, you know enough because hey, that is the correct answer. Let's go. Locusts destroyed 190,000 acres of land. That's that's pretty lot. massive. Oh, yeah. A lot of destruction there. So, do you play the lottery? Um, every now and again, I have, I've played it a couple times, but not, I'm not like a, a regular guy when it comes to that. Any winnings at all? Uh, I've won like, you know, 30 bucks here and there, but nothing huge. Yeah, just little stuff. Yeah. How yeah. about this one? A California woman won $10 million. Wow. Do you know how she did it? She pressed the wrong button on the machine while buying a ticket after a rude person bumped into her. <laughs> how is that for luck? That's fate right there, I feel Millions like. Millions of dollars. A lottery vending machine... She purchased the wrong ticket. And as you might expect, she was shocked. Here's how she characterized the story. This woman in California said some rude person bumped into her, causing her to press the wrong button on a vending machine for a ticket she had no intention of buying. Her name is LaQuindra Edwards. She was at a supermarket in Los Angeles County last November. She put $40 into this lottery scratchers machine. Now, You've probably seen these kinds of machines in the stores. I think we've got grocery stores that have these machines, right? Mm -hmm. So Edwards, here she is. She is doing her thing, and she's bumped by a stranger, which caused her to accidentally select a $30 200X scratcher's ticket. And her reaction to this immediately was she was irritated. When she returned to her car... She started to scratch the ticket, and guess what? She'd won $10 million. $10 million. She said, I did not believe this at first. I got on the 405, kept looking down at the ticket. I almost crashed my car. I pulled over, looked at it again and again, and scanned it with my California Lottery mobile app, and just kept thinking, this can't be right. It surely cannot be right. So now, the news release says Edwards plans to start a nonprofit and buy a home with her new fortune. Well, I think she can get a pretty nice home, don't you? Oh yeah, and that, that's great. Starting a nonprofit too. What a what a great idea. It is, and she's expressed she's still in shock. All I remember saying once I found out how much I just won was, "I'm rich." <laughs> I'm rich. By the way, the supermarket, they're not uh, disappointed either by this win. They will receive a $500,000 bonus. Wow. Just by being the store where this woman won the ticket. I mean, mm. this is absolutely amazing. So, you know, if somebody bumps you and you make what you think is wrong choice, you just never know. It could end up being the right choice. Yeah, absolutely. So... Any case. So you're not planning to defect for Good Friday, are you, Bernie? No. No, I'll be uh, – actually, I'm going to visit my family in Pinehurst, uh, North Carolina. Um, okay. Get to see my sisters um, and my dad and my stepmom, so that'll be really nice. 
Okay. Um, but yeah, that's that's about what we're doing. Probably go to church on Sunday as well. That sounds sounds very good. We'll be right here Friday. On the text line, by the way, this person says, "I wish I could accidentally get ten million dollars." Uh, another person, I scratched off a ticket the other day. Was thinking the same thing. This can't be right. It was a hundred dollar winner. Looked at it three times. Went to cashing in. Definitely not a hundred dollar winner. It was just twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. But hey, it's still a win. It's twenty dollars you didn't have before, right? So. There you go. Thanks a lot for joining us for the broadcast today. Have yourselves a great day, and God bless you. Take care.